Hi, it's Jesse Keller with the Lakeland EM Podcast. Today I'm joined by Dr. Hamill. Dr. Hamill, thanks for being on the program. Thanks for having me, Jesse. Um, what are we going to talk today about, Jason? Well, hey, this is an exciting topic. We're going to talk about IV fluid use in the ED. Oh, that, is that why I keep getting a lot of alerts on my EMR reminding me, do I really need this fluids? Are you sure you need this fluids? Is that from your handiwork as the medical director? Uh, in part, but hey, it's something we need to pay attention to. And I think that crisis that uh, hit Puerto Rico and caused a lot of supply chain issues with our IV fluids at least gives us opportunity to, to learn a little bit and to um, use our resources a little bit more efficiently in the future. This sounds like a common ER story. From crisis, we learn things. Indeed, we do. So what are, what are some of the things that we're trying to reduce our use of? Well, specifically in this podcast, we'd like to address IV fluids. Okay. Um, but I think in general, we can consider, hey, why is this problem important beyond the current crisis? And hey, certainly there's the scarcity of resources at this point, which may happen again, but there's some other things to consider as well. IV fluids and placement of IVs has some real efficiency barriers and limitations in the emergency department. Um, you know, if, if you're placing less IVs, you're probably going to face better turnaround times, decreased length of stays. You're going to have greater nursing efficiency. You know, they're spending a significant amount of time placing IVs, if, if not the techs, um, also with blood draws. But then just from a patient comfort perspective, if we can find ways to treat them adequately without the use of IV fluids or IV medications, um, I think that they'll be better off and they'll be appreciative of not having the poke. I think it's so easy for us to put it in order, you know, check labs, place IV, but we forget about the actual work involved. Exactly right. It's pretty easy, easy for us to put those orders in the, in the EHR. Yeah. So now let's talk about the barriers to, to fixing this problem. What, what are they? Number one, it goes back to kind of a, both a patient and provider perception, really, in that you kind of feel like you're providing the ultimate care, the best care when you give that IV medication or the, or the IV fluids or, or check the blood tests. And that's something we'll need to get over. Yeah, I mean, I can see the uh, Facebook post after the ER visit. I got a liter of fluids. It makes you feel better. Yeah, that what, it's, it's, it, That's a real perception patients have. If I get IV fluids, I'm going to feel better. Yeah, what a great doctor to do that for you. Yeah. I mean, similarly, though, you, you also have this sense that if you're getting an IV medication, it must be better than the PO medication. So how do we address that? Well, I think we have to educate ourselves and educate our patients. But there are specific examples, and let's say, let's just talk about the solutions in general here. There are specific examples that we can treat a patient effectively without the use of IV medication. So hey, let's talk about, for instance, um, some of the orally bioavailable antibiotics and some common infections that we can address that way. Uh, look at urinary tract infections or community-required pneumonia or uh, certain skin and soft tissue infections. We have great oral antibiotic options for many of these things, even though we still often reflexively grab for IV medications, at least to start the therapy. Yeah, it's it's that double check, that reflux. You know, let me give them a dose of Rocephin while I'm figuring this out, or you know, let me let me let me give them some IV Zofran because their nausea is really bad. It's yeah. like we reflexively jump to the IV when we forget there's middle ground here. Yeah, and I think that that reflexive kind of impulse extends to 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 many conditions. I mean, think about how many times you've ordered a bag of fluids for a headache um, when we have decent evidence that it's not going to contribute to their pain getting better. Or the drunk guy in, in, in bed 27. He's still drunk after the bag of fluids. So Right. It might make you feel better that you're doing something, but clinically it's irrelevant. Exactly. So the other thing we need to look at, though, when we consider antibiotics as the particular example, we, we're also spending a, a fair amount of fluids just with the piggyback. 
Uh, we have a lot of IV push antibiotic options at this point. Um, cephalosporins, for instance, many of them, if not all of them, can be given in an IV push manner. You're saving nursing time. You're saving probably you know the 250 cc bag of fluids at the same time. Yeah, you're decreasing your time in the ER, and that's always important. Exactly. How can we decrease our time in the ER? I don't know. That that's the, that's what, that's the next podcast. Next podcast. <laughs> what about protocols? Yeah, I think we've had protocols to aid in patient care that result in prompt placement of IV for many conditions. But if we reevaluate that, you know, consider that hey, maybe not every chest pain patient needs an IV up front. Um, you know, there needs to be some physician involvement in picking which patients need IVs. Think about that 18-year-old presenting with chest pain. Yeah, he's got chest pain and our chest pain patients get IVs, but it's really unlikely that um, some blood tests or an IV is really going to contribute to the care of that patient. So before we conclude, what's the summary, Jason? The judicious use of IV fluids in the emergency department is important from a resource utilization perspective as well as an ED flow perspective and also patient comfort. And I think we've identified a few ways that we can help with the solution to this problem, um, including avoiding the reflexive use of IV fluids, consider oral alternatives to IV medications when available, and also um, consider IV push antibiotics rather than those with a piggyback formulation. Perfect. Well said. Thanks for being on the program. It was great to be here.